This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleamec.com slash donate. Thank you for listening. The scripture that was read earlier came from 2 Corinthians, 5th chapter and the 17th verse. I will read it just one more time. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Just for a few minutes this morning, we're going to meditate on the title, Being Comfortable with Sin. Being comfortable with sin. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this opportunity one more time to share your word. Father, as I decrease and you increase, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. For Lord, this is your word and not mine. And the people today came to hear a word from the Lord. Bless us as we listen carefully, not just with our ears, but with our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Many people have made New Year resolutions. New Year resolutions are simply promises we make to ourselves to improve our lives, and to start a new year. Some have said that they are going to lose weight. Some are going to the gym. Some will stop smoking. Some will get their finances in order. Some may retire or anything else that matters to us, yada, yada, yada. These resolutions will inspire you to get excited and motivated about the coming year. We let go of the past and look forward to the new. Maybe 2023 was not all that it was cracked up to be. Maybe it wasn't all that you wanted it to be. Too many disappointments, regrets, negative people in our lives, and if we are honest with ourselves, some people could not wait until the year ended so that we could seek new opportunities for hope again. This is the time to renew yourself. Unfortunately, on this seventh day of the year, some people have already broken their New Year's resolution. Yes, it is hard, brothers and sisters, it takes a lot of willpower, stick to patience, and perseverance. It takes a great amount of faith. Let him or her be a new creature. This ought to be the care of all who profess the Christian faith, that they be new creatures, not only 
that they have a new name, wear new attire, but they have a new heart and new nature. All thoughts, principles, practices are passed away or should be passed away. And all things must become new for this year. However, this is not as simple as it seems. The central theme of 2 Corinthians is the relationship between suffering and the power of the Spirit in Paul's life and ministry. While suffering can result from our own poor decisions, through evil, though evil done against us, or as a result of a natural process of things going wrong, God sometimes uses suffering for heavenly purposes. Suffering also could be a consequence of sin. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Paul said in Romans 12 and 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God will is. His good is always pleasing and his perfect will. The problem with being a new creature or transforming is sometimes we find it challenging to give up the past to give up those old habits, the things that we used to do because sometimes we find them in our comfort zone. God wants us to live by his will. Well, brother preacher, maybe I'm not ready to do that. And maybe and it's not that you are not ready, but you could be comfortable with the way you are. I started to title this sermon, A Message of Love, which is an antithesis of being comfortable with sin. It is a contrast of ideas expressed by a parallelism of words, which are opposite or strongly contrast with each other. However, love covers a multitude of sins. We as ministers would be doing you a disservice if all we preach was feel-good messages. We are not inspirational speakers. We are ministers of the gospel, and we preach the word of God. And the word of God should prick our conscience. It's not about making you feel comfortable, but telling God's word that someone may be closer to him. Because that's what it's all about. It's not about coming to church for a form or fashion. It's not about coming to church as if this is a club. We come here to learn more about Christ and to be more like him. And being a new creature, you may have to give up that bad attitude, leave it behind in 2023. 
Now here are five signs that someone may be comfortable with sin. One, if you are a Christian and you feel good about cursing somebody out, you just may be comfortable with sin. <laughs> For it is written in James 1, 26, if anyone thinks he or she is religious and does not bridle their, his or her tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Are you growing spiritually? Think about that for a second. If you feel good taking the Lord God name in vain, are you growing spiritually? Are you comfortable with sin? Second, if you never apologize for any of your actions, especially those actions that are inappropriate, you may be comfortable with sin. This reminds me of a famous politician not going to call any name Donald Trump. <laughs> but Matthew 6, 14, 15 says, For if you forgive others of their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you of your trespasses. I remember there was a time in church, Reverend Brown, where we would have love feasts. Love feasts usually occurred right after Bible study on Wednesday night. Love feast traditionally is a meal eaten by a common Christian congregation in token of brotherly love. It was a gathering to help promote reconciliation, good feeling, and restore friendly relationships among your family member, Christian brother and sister, someone close to you, a friend maybe, just to show them honor. Maybe it was your neighbor. However, what you would do at Love Feast, if you had an issue with that person, you would go to that person and ask them for their forgiveness. This was done prior to taking communion on Sunday. And the reason why you would do this is so that you would not bring damnation towards your soul because you felt unworthy. Now, there's a reason why when we do communion, which we will do in a few minutes, we say you who earnestly repent and are hardly travel with your neighbor, draw forward. I remember one Sunday, I was back home, this was a while ago, my mom didn't take communion. So after church, I said, Mom, I, I noticed you didn't take communion today. And she said, I'm mad at my sister. I'm not speaking to her. And I'm not going down there, meaning to the altar, playing with God. Now, my mom could be a stubborn person at times. And I got that family trait from her and, and my godmother, uh, my grandmother, but I've, I'm learning, you know, not to be comfortable with 
being stubborn, okay? Because it is not a good thing. But if you are mad at someone, have an issue, it's just something to consider. And again, this was a tradition or is a tradition of the AME church. Number three, if you are having relationships outside or inside of your relationships, you may be comfortable with sin. It may not bother you or convict you if you are having sex with others if you are married or if you are not married. Again, we are not here to judge. We are here to say what the word of God is. Four, if you think lying is okay and you can go around talking about people, you may be comfortable with sin. Bearing false witness, gossiping, lying on people, and there is no such thing as a little white lie. A lie is a lie is a lie. I don't care how you try and clean it up. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as a good thing for building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And finally, the fifth one, if you think God is not watching you, while nobody else may be watching you, as to how you treat people, as to how you plan and plot and set traps for them, or make them look small so that you can look big. Well, I tell you this, the eyes of the Lord is in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. God sits high and he looks low. Nothing, nothing is covered up that will be revealed. My mom used to say, what you do in the night will eventually come to the light. Well, I have some advice for you. If you are doing any of these five things and others that I've mentioned, humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking to devour someone. Now, there are also seven deadly sins. Some of them are not as obvious as others, such as pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth. Gluttony is the overconsumption of food or drink, often to the point of waste. As we say down south, sometimes your eyes may be bigger than your stomach, because I certainly have been guilty of this in the past, where the food was so good, I just couldn't get enough. And then when I ate too much, I got sick. It looks good, but all of it wasn't good for you. Greed, on the other hand, is the excessive desire for material possessions, our wealth, 
regardless of the consequences. Some people would do anything and everything just to make it to the top. They will step over you and do other ungodly things because of greed. It pains me to hear about clergy stealing from the church, taking advantage of the church people who are struggling to do the right thing. As ministers, as clergy, as Christians in general, we should not be doing these things. We should not be comfortable with sin. Greed may not always be visible, but it is sometimes present. See, God wants to replace the old in us with a new us. As we begin to love and crave the things of the spirit and to reject the things that he also rejects, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. My brothers and sisters, we must, we must as Christians, as people of faith, have conviction about the things you do. See, people don't care so much about what you say. They look at your actions. Your character and behavior is very important. It could lead someone to Jesus. My good friend, Reverend Charles Rogers, always say, you may be the only Bible that someone reads. Think about that. There are a lot of unbelievers. Some of them may have just cause not to believe if they are looking at us and how we live. What type of Bible are you representing? What type of Bible are you representing? If you were to walk out these doors today and on the streets of Mount Vernon, what assessment will people give you? Will they recognize that you have Christ in you? That you are different? That you are set apart? Or will they say, oh, well, he or she is just like me. They're no different. Why should I go to church? They're doing the same thing I'm doing. What type of Bible are you representing? You know, I was watching the news the other night, and they had a story on about this community activist. And he campaigned against gun violence and drugs. He was praised by the mayor, praised by the community. And then as the story continued, he got arrested for trafficking guns and drugs. Now, people may view him as a hypocrite. I don't know. 
I do know that there are consequences for sin. And one thing we do not want to do in 2024 is to be hypocritical. We cannot say one thing and do another. Our words must be synonymous with our actions. There are too many Christians setting a bad example in this world today. And that could be one of the reasons why the world is the way it is. Because sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between the believer and the non-believer. Despite there being a thin line between someone being comfortable with sin, there is good news. Even if you are struggling with consistency, maybe you are struggling with doing the right thing. And whatever reasons you have, those are your reasons. That's between you and God. But I know someone who don't expect you to be perfect. I know a man who will not judge you. I know a man who did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. I know a man who can heal the sick, give sight to the blind. I know a man from Galilee who was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. This man is called Jesus. Jesus, wonderful counselor, the king of kings and the lord of lords. He died on Calvary so that you, 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 you and me could have salvation. That is why every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord of all. Don't be comfortable with sin. Don't. It's not worth it. For the wages of sin is death. But show people that you have the love of God in you. Show people that you don't come to church every Sunday just for show. Show people that you believe in what you read in this book, that God's word is true, that you are a changed person, that you want to get closer to Christ. Show people that you are not comfortable with sin. And then, then, they may be convinced that there is a God there is a God who stands on his word. For God is not a man that shall lie, neither shall the Son of Man repent. If God said it, it's good. If he said it, he's going to do it. For God hasn't changed. He's the same God today, yesterday, and forever. Just believe, people. Just believe. And we don't have to worry about being comfortable. We don't have to worry about fitting in with the crowd. That's a problem we have today. Everybody wants to fit in. No one wants to stand alone. Well, I'm telling you, if you stand alone, you will not be alone. For the word said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Jesus is always with you. 
Do us right, church. Do us right. Don't be comfortable with sin. You know right from wrong. As adults, as Christians, we come to church. We come to Bible study. We read the word of God each and every day. Yet, yet, there are some things that we are not doing, that we should do. There are some things that we are doing that we shouldn't do. I didn't say it. It's not coming from me. It's coming from the Bible. We know what is right. And as we struggle, we need Jesus. Every hour, every minute of the day, at night, when we're in our beds and we can't sleep, we need him. When we get that phone call in the middle of the night, we need him. When we are lonely by ourselves and friends aren't around and we can't call anybody, family's not around, we need him at that time. We need him all the time. We need that relationship to be strong. So when trouble come, you won't freak out. When trials come, when money problems come, when relationship problems come, you will be secure in his word. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. This is my story. This is my song. Praising, praising my God all the day long. Be secure in his word. I'm telling you. God is always there for you. Even when we are not good, for we all fall short of the glory of God. Even with that said, as I said before, there are still some things we should not be doing as Christians. We need to do more. Like Sister Yvette said, there's always something Always something that you can do for God. Not just the church, but for God. God has called each one of us to a ministry. It may not be in a pulpit. It may not be in the choir. It may not be in the kitchen. But each one of us have a calling on our hearts. And we need to answer that call and be obedient. Obedience is your job. The outcome is up to God. Just be obedient this year in 2024. Don't let this year be like last year. Let those problems go. Let those old situations go. This is a new and a new beginning. May the Lord bless you today.